Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
Mm-hmm. Oscar Peterson here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. From Guys and Dolls, wasn't it? If I were a bell. I ding-dong-ding in. Checking out the weather for St. George, Maine for the month of March. I see that it was 10 or so degrees colder this year than usual. <laughs> Is this anything new? In recent years, you might have noticed that it's always been 10 or 15 degrees colder than usual in St. George, Maine. Did you realize that there are some forces of nature that have been, dis- that have been distorted by the mindless tinkering of man? Mm-hmm. I blame all this cold weather on daylight saving.
Scott, Scott, Scott Hamilton. Scott Hamilton and Harry Allen, of course, here on The Humble Farmer. We're with any luck at all. You can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. While eating dinner, I watched part of a documentary on Africa. I don't know much about Africa. I know next to nothing about Africa. I've, I've only been to Africa one time. Africa is very big and contains many countries that constantly change their names. Some of these countries are more dangerous than our Wild West because people are stealing their neighbor's cattle and fighting over water holes. One thing the narrator said on the program stuck with me. He was, he said, five miles from a neighboring country, right near the border. Old men, women, and children had recently been massacred on the spot where he was standing. He pointed out a little hut where five children lived. Their parents had been killed by the raiders. And, and in talking about this country five miles away, he said, They have no government. Everyone is armed to the teeth. Sound like tea party heaven?
Sullivan, what a instrument she was! Wow, what an instrument she she has there. We all know what we know, and what we know is probably of no interest to anyone else. Yesterday, I got to thinking that <laughs> silly thing. I got to thinking that I'm probably one of the of only three people in Saint George, Maine who knows the difference between J.J. Thompson and J.J. Johnson and can tell you what they did. Because I don't dare say I'm the only one, because if I did, I, I risk getting a call from David Mumford. Or I'm probably one of three people in the town of St. George who could tell you what Stottlemyre, Jap, and Lestrade all have in common. Have you ever stopped to think that the only things we know are the things that matter to us? The other night I climbed up into bed and reviewed 1,000 Italian flashcards. I missed about 200 of them the first time through, but before I went to sleep, I probably knew all of them but five. Now, perhaps you would not consider this an exciting way to spend an evening. But... A hundred years from now, no matter what you know, will it matter if you smiled at the greengrocer's apostrophe? Get it. 
Clarence Williams, shimmy and like my sister Kate. Did you see the picture of the giraffe and the sick zookeeper? The caption said, A terminally ill zoo worker got a goodbye kiss from a giraffe. And you probably thought, here's an example of how things can be misconstrued. Because you know that any animal sniffs or bites objects to see if it's good to eat. The other day when Marsha's car broke down on the road, a dozen or so cows with long horns came over to the fence to see what was going on. And you know well, had I stuck my hand out to the cow, you know what would have happened. If they'd taken a picture, the caption could have read, Sympathetic cow kisses hand of man with broken down car. In possibly the most heartbreaking human-cow interaction ever. Pick yourself up Take a deep breath Dust yourself off and start all again Nothing's impossible I have found For when my chin is on the ground I pick myself up Dust myself off Don't lose your confidence if you slip Be grateful for a pleasant trip And pick yourself up, dust yourself off And start over again Work like a soul inspired Till the battle of the day is won You may be sick and tired, but you'll be a man, my son. Or will you remember the famous men who had to fall to rise again? So take a deep breath, pick yourself up, dust yourself off. Start all over again. 
like a soul inspired Till the battle of the day is won You may be sick and tired But you'll be a man, my son Will you remember the famous men Who had to fall to rise again So take a deep breath Pick yourself up Dust yourself off And start Nice changes there. Nice, nice changes here on the Humble Farmer. Where, with any luck, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station. Thank you for listening. Someone in California sent me an audio tape touting the benefits of eating algae. And I listened to this tape on my way to the dump. You eat this algae and you drink 15 glasses of water every day. And, according to the testimonials, you lose weight and you feel good. I probably would have tried it if they had stopped there. But then they said you'd have the same amount of pep and energy as you had when you were 20. And, of course, that killed it for me right there. Because I was just as tired when I was 20 as I am today. I've heard that a friend of mine is on one of these algae and water diets and that he has lost 30 pounds. (laughs) Because you can see how that could happen. No matter what you eat, if you put it down on top of 15 glasses of water every day, you're going to lose weight. Thank you. 
Ruby Brav and Scott Hamilton here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. Spring break always floods southern Florida with tens of thousands of college students who went there for the irresistible call of melanoma and alcohol-induced coma. One morning during spring break, the reporter on TV said it took him an hour to navigate the bumper-to-bumper traffic to get out to the beach and an hour to get back. But he said, oh, it was worth it, it was worth it. I wouldn't know. There's nothing on a beach that would interest me, unless it would be a shady umbrella where I could study Italian. North of the Carolinas in February, blizzards are the order of the day, so it's understandable that rich college kids, redundancy there. So it's understandable that college kids will hop a flight to Fort Myers Southwest International for a week of fun in the sun. Pick yourself up Take a deep breath Dust yourself off and start all over again Nothing's impossible I have found For when my chin is on the ground I pick myself up, dust myself off And start over again Don't lose your confidence if you slip Be grateful for a pleasant trip And pick yourself up, dust yourself off Work like a soul inspired Till the battle of the day is won You may be sick and tired But you'll be a man, my son Will you remember the famous men Who had to fall to rise again so take a deep breath Pick yourself up Dust yourself off And start over
your soul inspired Till the battle of the day is won You may be sick and tired But you'll be a man, my son Will you remember the famous men Who had to fall to rise again So take a deep breath Pick yourself up Dust yourself off And start that one get away from us again that should have been Oscar Peterson and we're pretty sure that Oscar Peterson will come up when he is supposed to do so there are no snowmobiles in Florida or Arizona speaking of spring break so what's to do for young people who live there who are bent on destruction just as sure as snowmobiles go through the ice in Maine during spring break a girl or two will go missing, never to return to her books again. We will be told that she had been in Googins Bar until 2 a.m. and told her friends that she was going to crawl back to her their room all by herself. One or two of the jocks on spring break will drown or die from alcohol poisoning from over-drinking. It is a statistical fact that if tens of thousands of kids get drunk for five nights in a row, too many of them will not survive the experience. Now a little personal thing here, if you're ready. As far as I know, I was the only student at Potsdam State Teachers College to go south during winter break, spring break, in 1959. Back then, at a state college, it wasn't the thing to do. But I hated the cold. Always hated the cold. With next to no money and a lot of unread books in my $5 a week off-campus room, early one morning I stood out on the road and hitchhiked from Potsdam, New York, to Florida. I had no place to stay when I got there, and a night in a motel was an unthinkable luxury. Hitchhiking was easier 60 years ago. I don't know if you could do it today. A veteran could put on one's white sailor hat and a pea coat and go most anywhere. There were roads. You could always get a ride. I can't remember what I did when I got to Florida, although it's probably recorded in my diary for that year. I could read it if I wanted to know. I do know that I didn't drink, and I do know that I didn't, didn't go to the beach. If you figure 48 sleepless hours to get down, I probably had just time enough to turn around and come back. You know, reading my diaries for the years between 1955 and 1965 gives me very little hope for the survival of the animals we call the human race.
now. To be fair, I'll have to play that twice too, won't I? Equal playtime for Oscar Peterson. I think we've done quite a bit of Jerome Kern here. Jerome Kern wrote awful good tunes. Nice, nice bridges to them. You are, of course, listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station, which is where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com, and, of course, I would love to hear from you. You have to be very careful. You have to be very careful about what you write in newspapers or say on the radio. One day I wrote, Have you ever gone out to start your tractor that has been idle for two weeks and discovered that some bird friends have built a nest on the seat and hatched out some little birdies? Had I let that stand, how many of the ornithologically oriented cognoscenti would have sneered and pointed out that only the red-peckered jargon could have built a nest and hatched out chicks in the allotted time period. And of course, because the red-peckered jargon only infests caves in east-central Tibet, the likelihood of finding a pair nesting on a main tractor seat was highly unlikely. And I'd better get my facts straight. Oh, it's nice to have a discriminating crowd of friends because it keeps one on one's toes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, <laughs> 
that baby, whoever she may be, she's gonna be mine, I know. I walk right up beside her and she, I'll say that she took something from me. I'll have her pinched, have a policeman take her to jail. Then I'll come back and I'll go her bail. They'll wonder how I ever cop her tea. I'd love to adopt her, say, who's that baby doll? Ukulele Ike, time to get out of here almost. When ants build a home in your driveway, you drive right over them without giving Mother Nature's ignorant little creatures a thought. But can you bring yourself to dispatch the little bird friends on your tractor seat just so you can dig your garden? Does thinking about this type of thing make you smile with indulgence at the ignorance of Mother Nature's little creatures? Their behavior is dictated by an innate force that cannot be compared with a human being's ability to reason. You are able to see the relationship between cause and effect. But then, you turn on the news and see that neighborhoods in California have been evacuated because people built homes contiguous to mud mountains which dissolve in the rain every hundred years or so. A minute later, you see people digging out some unfortunates who built a home beneath a mountain that shrugs off an avalanche of snow every other generation. How long ago was it that you saw a dozen or so homes go up in flames because they were built in the middle of a tinderbox of a forest? And then there are the hundreds of people living so close to the river bank that every year you see pictures of them stepping off the remains of a roof into a neighbor's boat. Uncle Jack has written pages and pages about the houses that continue to be built and washed away on the rapidly eroding sands of his beloved Outer Banks. These inevitable, predictable, and very expensive natural disasters in themselves are nothing to marvel at. It is human to make foolish mistakes, but because we walk upright and have opposable thumbs, combined with a modicum of reason and ability, we are better off than the ants who continue to build and be crushed every day in our driveway. The depredations of Mother Nature paraded on the daily news are really nothing to cause concern. It is the follow-up on the next day that makes your jaw drop because... When interviewed, the survivors inevitably say, Yeah, as soon as we bury Grandma, we plan to rebuild right here. 